0: Everybody. welcome back to Baseball for Breakfast, your weekly serving of dingers and zingers. My name is Matt Nadell. Today I'm actually not joined by my two good friends, Brendan Mallon and Logan Strobing. Uh, due to scheduling conflicts, we were unable to meet together to record the podcast. Uh, so instead we're talking about this week's topic in the form of segments. Uh, we hope that you enjoy this format, and if you want to see more of it, just let us know. I think it should be pretty obvious what we're all going to be talking about today. Uh, It's postseason predictions time, baby. Uh, We wanted to wait until the playoffs were down to the division series that we all know and love, that we're all used to, uh, before we make our predictions. But now that the expanded 2020 playoffs have gone from the Sweet 16 to the Elite 8, uh, we think it's pretty appropriate uh, to... Talk about who is going to win in our opinions going forward. So, just as a recap, uh, the teams in the division series are first in the AL, it's Yankees versus Rays, and then Astros versus A's, and then in the National League, it's Dodgers, Padres, uh, Marlins, Braves. I think this is going to be a very exciting postseason. Uh, In the first round alone, we have uh, all four divisional matchups uh, which is to say that each division series matchup is within one division. Yanks Rays is the East, uh, in the AL Astros A's is the AL West Dodgers Padres is the NL West. And then the Marlins and Braves is the NL East. So all very heated rivalries, all a lot on the line, all fought very hard to get here. Uh, I think we've stated it before on the podcast, but just to reiterate, this is a very legitimate World Series, um, given the eight-team-per-league format at the beginning, so anybody who wins this going forward from now is just as real as it would be in any other year. Let's start with the team that I personally root for, uh, which is the New York Yankees, if I haven't mentioned that enough on this podcast, Uh, and let's talk about their matchup with the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, The Rays came into the postseason with the best record in the American League uh, as the one seed, and the Yankees were struggling midway towards the end. Then they got on a 10-game winning streak, and then they struggled a little bit more. So they ended up with the fifth seed. Uh, The Yanks upset the Indians in a two-game sweep in uh, the wild card series, and the Rays took care of the Blue Jays in a sweep. So... To me, this is the closest matchup out of the four Division Series matchups because I think the Yankees hitting and their lack of pitching will both be offset by a lackluster Rays hitting squad mixed with a pitching rotation and bullpen that, besides the Indians, was the best pitching staff in baseball. I think this series will go five games. I think it's going to be close to the end. And I think ultimately, I want to say that the Rays will win it. I I stated in the last episode of the podcast that pitching certainly does win championships. It's not just a cliche that we came up with randomly. It's proven time and time again. Runs are very scarce in the postseason. And ultimately, it comes down to which team will outpitch the other. Uh, I think the Yankees showed that they're able to slug their way to the next round. They put up double-digit runs in both of their games against Cleveland in the wild-card series. I just trust the Rays pitching more, uh, even more so being a Yankees fan and seeing how much the bullpen was so uncharacteristically uh, just ineffective for most of the season. Uh, really the only guy who the Yankees could trust on a daily basis was Zach Britton, uh, who probably would have been an all-star, uh, if not for, you know, the lack of an all-star game this year. I just think the Rays are too solid overall to give up the series. And I I mean, they are a number one seed, so I have to give it to them in that area too. Um, not to say that I don't want to see an upset. And I think you guys will see that I will hopefully be able to predict an upset, um, but I think it would be the smart prediction to say that the Rays won. I think they're most set up to win, given their great pitching staff. I'm worried a little bit about their hitting uh, you know, for the rest of the postseason if they move on, uh, because even though pitching does win championships, you have to be a well-rounded team. But I, I think that uh, the-, the Yankees pitching won't do that much competitively uh, in terms of, you know, stifling them more. They're already a, a, a subpar American League offense. A, a lackluster pitching staff isn't going to do that much to affect that. I'm going to give the Rays the win in this series uh, by five games, but, you know, it's, it's going to be close. Okay, now let's move on to the other matchup in the American League side of the bracket, the Astros and the A's. I, I really have a hard time figuring out why Carlos Correa said the things he said about beating the Twins, how it legitimizes the Astros uh, and, and makes them a team that should be reckoned with. You, first of all, you beat the Twins, which isn't to say that they're guaranteed to lose in the playoffs, but when you have an 18-game playoff losing streak, it, it's not that impressive when someone beats you. Also, it was the wildcard series. Like, it was weird to brag about winning a series in the first round of the playoffs. Like, if you made the World Series, then maybe. And even if you lost it, I would say that you get bragging rights as the top team in at least the American League. Uh, The Astros are a subpar team this year from what we all expected. Or, if anything, we expected it as such when they couldn't see what pitch was coming next. Um, But... All of their stars did much worse this year, even just, dis- you could make the argument that they would have rebounded if it was longer than a 60-game season, but Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, even Correa, Springer was really the only one who, who did, not even on average, because he didn't even bat above 270, but... All of the Astros stars that we've come to know and love over the past couple of years were were shells of themselves. So, of course, I'm going to give this to the A's. They were easily the most poised team out of the American League West uh, for a championship run this year. Uh, They have one of the best pitching staffs in baseball, but even despite their low batting average, uh, in fact, it's 14th in the American League, which I didn't even know, uh they're they're too solid with pitching and even just with hitting uh to to lose to the Astros like even if you want to you want to just discount any ability that the Astros have when it comes to hitting and or pitching like i i'm still so bamboozled by the fact that Carlos Correa decided to say the things that he said after winning in the first round. It's so stupid. Yeah, A's in a sweep or A's in four. They're a much better team than the Astros, and the Astros just don't don't deserve to move on on both a cheating and a playing standpoint. So yeah, uh, chuck this one up for the A's. Okay, now let's move on to the National League, where let's first talk about the Dodgers and the Padres. Everything should should point to the Dodgers winning this series. Uh, they were number one in the National League in runs scored and in runs allowed. Uh, they had the lowest ERA and the lowest runs per game. They, they should win the World Series, hypothetically. They even had one of the best like, winning percentages of all time. I think they were in line to win 116.1 games if they played a 162-game season, which would be the record for most wins in the baseball season. Like, they were an awesome, awesome team this year. The Padres were also great. They were second in in the National League West to the Dodgers this year. I'm going to give it to the Padres for the sole reason that I kind of want to see an upset. I think this is the one series where we could see this sort of upset. Um, I think the Yankees and Rays will go really close. The Astros do not deserve to be in that series against the A's. And then we'll get to the Marlins and Braves in just a sec. But this Dodgers-Padres series is, in my opinion, going to be the most exciting because we have a new team in the playoffs, the the Padres. They haven't been before since 2006. And I think they're ready to make some noise. Uh, like, they took down a really good, uh, at least on paper, a really good Cardinals team uh, in a very, very exciting series. Um, and they have... A great, great hitting core. I mean, Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis Jr. are both MVP candidates. Uh, Will Myers ended up having a pretty solid season. The only thing I would say that would take away from the Padres upsetting the Dodgers is the fact that they have uh, injuries on the pitching staff. Mike Clevenger and Denelson Lament being uh, out, presumably. Um, I'm not sure if they would play at all in this series. Um, Maybe even not if they made it in the NLCS. But... That would be the one thing that would prevent me from saying that, hey, the Padres are totally going to upset. Um, but, I mean, this, this batting lineup is so, so exciting for the Padres. And, I mean, even if you want to say that they have injuries, I mean, they still have a, a very solid pitching staff and an all right bullpen. I'm not going to go ahead and say that it's the best in baseball, uh, it's certainly up there, but the Dodgers should win this series. Let me just reiterate that they should win the World Series. Um, and I don't, I don't like using playoff experience or lack thereof uh, to indicate any sort of result. But I mean, when the chips are down, the Dodgers can't usually deliver. They they had some great guys in their lineup, um, but. I'm gonna give it to the Padres. I think it'll also go five games. I think it'll be exciting till the end. Uh, the most exciting out of any of these divisional series. But purely based on my on my love of Slam Diego, uh, and I mean my faith in there in their hot hot lineup uh, that I think that the Padres will upset again. I'll say I'll say five games, uh, but maybe even four or three. I don't know. It's going to be exciting. And now let's move on to the last series of the divisional round uh, in the 2020 Major League Baseball postseason, the Marlins and the Braves. Yes, your last uh, interdivision matchup for the division series. And I think this one is going to be the least competitive. Like, go Marlins. (laughs) I mean, like, go fish, seriously, because... I, I, they have never lost a playoff series in their history as a franchise. They they came into the league in 1993. They've made the playoffs twice, both as wild cards. They won the World Series both times in 1997 and 2003. Uh, so And the streak continues this year uh, after they ended up uh, upsetting the Chicago Cubs in the wild card series. But the Braves are supposed to win this series, and I think that they will. I think that the Marlins' magic, whatever they have, is going to run out. I'm sorry, Miami fans, but you could very much argue that the Braves have the best uh, batting in the National League, maybe even all of baseball. Uh, They let in batting average. They were second in runs. I know I said before that the Dodgers had the most runs per game, but... uh, the Braves were literally right behind them in that category and had a higher batting average than the Dodgers. Um, Marcelo Zuna and Freddie Freeman had absolutely insane seasons. Uh, you also had Ozzie Albis bat over uh, three hundred. Even Dansby Swanson uh, had an all right season. Adam Duvall hit 16 home runs. And their pitching, even without guys like Mike Soroka, they still have Max Freed. They still have Ian Anderson. Guys who carried them in the National League wildcard series against the Cincinnati Reds, where they allowed, guess what, zero runs in two games. It was an absolutely beautiful pitching performance by the Braves. The The Marlins don't stand a chance. I, <laughs> I'm i sorry, but they, they were one of the weaker postseason teams coming in, obviously being a lower seed. But they... Do not have a chance against the Braves. I don't know how I could say that in any other way. Um, like, this isn't going to be a competitive series at all. And if it is, that's the biggest upset of the wildcard series. If the Marlins end up pulling this uh, out of a hat, I. Like, like what happened, Atlanta? <laughs> oh, God. That would be so funny if the Marlins ended up winning and then went to the National League Championship Series. I I think the Braves are too strong a team. I think they've been waiting for a couple of years now. Again, I know playoff experience or lack thereof doesn't really matter. Um, but I'm just saying, like, I I think the Braves are are ready to take that next step. Their their performance this year has certainly shown that, and I am excited to see. I mean, look at me already talking like they're going to. Uh, make the championship series. I'm excited the Braves to, to do well in the series, and I think that they will do extra, extra well against the Marlins. Now we move on to the championship series. Uh, just to recap, I have Rays A's in the American League and then Padres Braves in the National League. Let's start with the AL first. Uh, I, this is not an exciting matchup for me because looking at the matchup between the Hayes and Rays, they're pretty comparable in terms of pitching. Uh, Their ERAs are not as separated as one might think, Uh, and they were the number one and number two seeds in the American League, so that also makes sense. But the hitting is a lot worse for two championship series teams that, I mean, I can really remember in recent memory, Uh, the Astros and Yankees have been great. In terms of hitting the last couple of years. And even the Red Sox in 2018 when they made it against Houston were pretty solid. Um, I think that I would give this to the Rays. Because in this sense, again, pitching wins championships, that's established. We already know. Runs are scarce in the postseason. But when the two teams that you're looking at have such comparable ERAs. Uh, an ERA is, by the way, a great stat that I will use forever, even if another next-gen stat comes along that proves to be better, because I think that ERA is a wonderful, wonderful stat. Um, With two teams that are so comparable with pitching, then you have to default to looking at the batting, and the Rays are just the better hitting team. Uh, the A's had, again, the second-worst batting average in the American League. This is going to be another close series, but I think that the Rays will prevail purely based on the fact that they're a better hitting team than the A's. And now we move on to the National League, Padres and Braves. Again, you could say that it's going to be Dodgers, Braves. I'm calling the upset right here, right now. You heard it here first before Brandon and Logan even get on the mic and say otherwise. Uh, this is going to be a great series. Both like crazy, crazy good lineups with a lot of pitching injuries it's it's a tough series to call because I think they really are comparable when it comes to their batting orders. Like, the Padres have a ton of MVP candidates and so too do the Braves. This is going to be as close, if not closer, than my predicted American League Championship series. The only problem is that this series is going to feature a lot more home runs. And by problem, I mean problem for the American League. Uh, This this series is going to be much more high-scoring than I think people are used to seeing in the postseason. Uh, Home runs in general have gone up over the past couple of years. We know that. But this series is going to be intense. It's going to be some great pitching performances mixed with some terrible (laughs) bullpens. Uh, their bullpens aren't terrible, but I'm saying that the hitters are going to get used to uh, each other's pitchers by the time this series is over. I would give this series to the Braves. Uh, I think they're the better team overall. I think that when it comes to how they've survived this season, that Mike Soroka has been injured since the beginning of the season. While Clevenger and LeMann, two pitchers that have uh, just been wonderful for the Padres this year. Obviously, Clevenger at the deadline. Um that the Padres aren't going to be used to, to their new rotation. But the Braves showed in the NLDS that they're ready to play ball with the greatest of lineups. So I'm going to give this to the to the Braves. And as an added spice, uh, I'll say that the Braves will win in seven. So now we have our World Series. We have the Tampa Bay Rays and we have the Atlanta Braves. Two teams that faced off against each other this season. Two teams that had very similar schedules, both being in uh, the eastern region of their respective leagues. This is going to be a very, very exciting series, purely based on the fact that it's a neutral site world series. It's, It's the culmination of a very weird series overall. I think this World Series is going to be amplified by that. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the actual gameplay of the series is going to be pretty boring. Um, on paper, it looks like that the Braves will win to me. That the Braves have too strong of a lineup to, uh, I guess, give up against a, a good Rays team uh, with an alright lineup and then a much better pitching staff. Uh, but the Braves were on top in those categories in the National League this season. The Rays and Braves actually faced off against each other in a four-game set at the beginning of the year uh, where they split the series. So I don't think that's so indicative of, you know, who will win. But again, I'm going to give it to the Braves. I think that their lineup is just too strong, um, even against a great race pitching staff. Um, with all of their MVP candidates, uh, Freddie Freeman, Marcelo Zuna, the list goes on and on. Uh, the OPS on that team is insane. So, that is my World Series prediction. To recap, from the Division Series to the Championship Series, Rays A's, Padres, and Braves. Rays and Braves make the World Series. Uh, the Braves will win their fourth championship in franchise history, while the Rays will remain uh winless or championshipless uh in fall classic play. So those are my predictions. Uh, I'd love to hear what you guys think. Uh so make sure to tweet at us or send us uh stuff on Instagram or comment on our posts about your postseason predictions. Thank you guys so much for listening to my portion of the podcast, uh, or as you might say, the more correct portion. Uh and now I'm going to throw it over to my good friend Brendan, who is going to give you guys. I'm going to say I'm going to say equally as correct predictions as mine, but just between you and me, I don't think Logan's predictions are going to be so hot. But it, you just you didn't hear that from me. Uh, but now here is Brendan. Thank you guys again so much for listening.
1: Thank you, Matt, for that very warm welcome. So yeah, guys, playoff time is here. We just wrapped up last week, the wild card matchups, and that we're now down to the traditional eight teams left in the playoffs. So right now, as it stands, we are down to the Marlins, Braves, Yankees, Rays, Padres, Dodgers, and the A's and the Astros. So this year has been pretty unprecedented unprecedented with playoff teams in baseball because we're, we had basically half the, almost half of the field eliminated in three games. So... A lot of teams were introduced to the playoffs for the first time because of this new format, because of having the eight playoff teams in each league and having half of baseball involved in postseason baseball. So teams like the Padres are in the, in, in the playoffs for the first time in about a decade. The Marlins are in the postseason for the first time since their World Series championship in 2003. 2003. And by the way, they still haven't lost the playoff series, but we'll get to them in a bit. Uh, we have our heavyweights that are returning to the playoffs with the Yankees and the Astros and of course the Dodgers have been the, really, the the one constant in the National League which has been just really chaotic these last few years. There's been very few dynasties in the National League, but the Dodgers continue to have the stronghold of that league. So yeah we're gonna I'll start in reverse to Matt so I'll start with the National League for the divisional series. So, I'll start with the Miami Marlins against the Atlanta Braves. So, the Atlanta Braves, the story of their win against the Reds, who actually, before we even go there, I had the Reds going very far in this playoff bracket because I thought the the trio of Luis Castillo, Trevor Bauer, and who's the last guy? Sonny Gray. That's a really scary pitching staff in October, and I'm going to say it a few times during my segment, but pitching wins championships, and electric pitching wins in the playoffs. So I think if the Reds really got past the Braves, I think they would have they would have had a really you know nice run, and they would have been tough to beat. But the Reds couldn't hit; they couldn't wake up bats. Um, that was an issue that the Reds had going into the season, which is why they went out and got Mike Moustakis, Nick Castellanos. So they hoped with maybe a bounce back from Joey Votto, maybe some more forty home runs. Or so from Eugenio Suarez, the Reds could make some noise. So the Reds got the, I believe, the seventh seed, and they were shut out. They didn't score a game in two in two games out of three to the Braves. And Ian Anderson and Matt Freed really have stepped up to be cornerstones of the Braves' rotation. And there were a lot of people, including me, that at the tra- when the trade deadline passed were really doubting the Braves' chances when they failed to acquire... A uh, Lance Lynn or someone of that caliber, and didn't think they'd have the pitching to make an impressive October run. But yeah, Mike Soroka had, was down with an Achilles, but man, Max Freed, um, Ian Anderson have stepped up, and even without, I forgot to mention Cole Hamels, who has been basically hurt the entire season. Lois two shut out the Reds, and they are your number one and two starters for the divisional series. And I look at this Miami Marlins lineup and they've made some nice they made some nice moves in the offseason as well. They're trying to supplement complement their young core players by signing veterans Corey Dickerson. Uh H. Aguilar was a nice pickup from the from the Brewers and he's been productive. Uh Brian Anderson has solidified himself as an everyday major league hitter who can play multiple positions and they've received a boost in the rotation with Sixto Sanchez making his long-awaited debut this year, giving them a pretty scary top... No, I wouldn't say scary, but they have hard throwers at the top of their rotation if you add in Sandy Alcantara, and Pablo Lopez has been a nice pitcher to watch this year. So, they have the pitching. They have some guys in the... Bu- they have some veteran arms in the bullpen. Brad Boxberger, um, Ryan Stanek. Um, But I just don't think they're going to have the hitting. Basically, they... They won two games out of three to the Cubs, but those were, they won those games based on late-inning home runs. Uh, Cody Dickerson, Aguilar hit a homer. I just don't see them matching up well with the Braves. I think the Braves, and I haven't really even talked about the Braves offense, so it's just you know, raving over their pitching, but the Braves have a stacked lineup. They're not going to be able to play in their home ballpark, which kind of, it's a pretty hitter-friendly park. It plays well to their strengths. But Marcelo Zuna, uh, Travis Darno—they're been pillars of the lineup. Uh, Ozzy Albias recently came back from injury the, within the past month, and they're rolling. They also have the likely MVP in my mind in the National League, and Freddie Freeman. So yeah, I <laughs> I see it tough for the Marlins to uh, Sixo Sanchez and Pablo Lopez and Alcantara are going to have to have the pitch their hearts out if the Marlins want to have a shot in this series. In my eyes, uh, I'm going to say the Braves. The the hitting, they're not going to need too much hitting, because I, I predict that Ian Anderson and Matt Fried are going to repeat themselves and really stomp out this Marlins team. They're going to lose their first playoff series ever. The Marlins have never lost a playoff series, Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it would have been nice for me to want to pick the Marlins, because they're a nice, feel-good story, and they finished pretty high in terms of the seeding, and... I don't know. I just—it's one of the benefits to this expanded playoffs where you see teams like you don't usually see in the playoffs. But I think in the future it'd be best if we—it'd be best if we get rid of the three extra teams of the playoffs per league, but we include we keep the three, three best three best of three wild card series. So if we have the five seeds the three divisional winners and the two wild cards and the two wild cards play off in a best of three wild card series that's something i'd be interested in and the marlins this year would have actually been in that wild card series if that's the way they decide to go so marlins definitely deserving playoff team and especially in this really crap shoot of a national league but yeah i just i really the braves are gonna be a tough team to beat but i have them actually i'm not gonna spoil my pick actually for the championship series but my other, my other matchup in the National League is the Padres against the Dodgers. And again, Padres is another team like the Marlins that don't usually make it. Um, they're also a pretty high seed. I, I think they're like the third or fourth seed in the National League. So definitely a deserving team. Did not totally benefit from, did not slide their way in based on the expanded format rule. But I've, they've made some really aggressive moves at the trade deadline. And they saw their opportunity to win this year, especially since the National League is down as a whole. And they made a flurry of moves. They shorted up the bullpen when they lost Kirby Yates to injury for the year. They picked up Trevor Rosenthal from the Royals. uh, Got a slugger in Mitch Moreland from the Red Sox. And, of course, they went out and got the big fish, the other ace they needed for the last few years, in my opinion. And they landed Mike Clevenger, who was really going to be their guy that they would be looking to to lead them in a Game 1 of a National League Division Series. But Clevenger, right before the season ended, had, I believe, elbow soreness and... Or maybe hamstring time. I'm not exactly sure. But not a super serious injury, but in this short season, now in this playoffs, it's really a crapshoot. It's really a question of whether he's going to be able to contribute the series. Um, and also, Danelson Lament is another guy that's taken huge strides over the past few years and has established himself as a... If not a mid rotation starter to an upper echelon, maybe a really good number two, so those guys are very questionable right now. Uh, Chris Paddock got pretty lit up in his first in game one of the wild card series and put the Padres in a or you know a one hole against the Cardinals, but they slugged their ways back. They slugged their ways back in games two and three. Tatis, Will Myers had credible series, hitting two home runs. In the same game, uh, Machado hit some Tommy home runs. Uh, Jake Cronenworth in Game Three had a really big day. So the the offense is electric. The pitching has me a bit worried. The bullpen is enough to keep them in games. The Dodgers are they're probably the most complete team in the National League. They have an MVP, a top five MVP finisher for sure in Mookie Betts. They have a really well-rounded team. Cody Bellinger is not the guy from last year, but he's still a productive player. Walker Buehler is a very formidable starter. Clayton Kershaw is back to being an ace. And they does have a very versatile lineup. Corey Seager back with a vengeance this year, cementing himself as a star shortstop. Um, Kelly Jansen having a bounce back here. Uh, AJ Pollock staying healthy and being productive. So for Chris Taylor... Kiki Hernandez, I can go on, Maxim Muncie. They just have guys that they develop or they trade for and they mix and match them to provide the best matchups, get the best advantage over the opposing pitchers, and they just have consistently had the best run differential in the National League. They're they've been to the World Series, you know, two times within the past four to five years, losing both times. So it's basically people are just waiting for the Dodgers to finally win the big one and make it to a World Series and, you know, go all the way. Last year, they had a disappointing exit in the first round. The Nationals, you know, coming back in a surprising Game 5. Kershaw blowing it out of relief, and that's kind of been the big storyline, of course. Kershaw in the playoffs. Is he a choke artist? Is he, you know, overrated pitching I don't know, I, I think Kershaw sh- shut up some people with his dominant performance against the Brewers, who really, for all intents and purposes, did not really deserve to be in the playoffs, they kind of just uh, lost their way into the playoffs, but yeah, Kershaw, Bueller, the offense, they put the Brewers to bed pretty easily, um, one two out of three, won the first two. So, the Dodgers and Padres, this series, in my mind, could going to go five games, they both have the. They both have electric players and bats. Tatis Machado, and they have depth in their lineup. And they're not going to have. There's really no weakness, weaknesses in their lineup. The, the top of the rotations are. I would give the edge to the Dodgers, the Padres. The, really, the health of the Padres' rotation is what I'm looking at, and. Basically, Chris Paddock has to come around and act like a an ace and basically rise to the occasion with the absence of Clemenger and Lamette. Uh Zach Davies. You just I don't know. They really I don't trust this pitching staff against the Padres. The bullpen's very strong. I trust rather Rosenthal, but the Dodgers for me are the more well-rounded team. Kershaw and Bueller at the top, and they also have a deep bullpen with. You know Tony Gonsolin and Dustin May who were fantastic during the regular season, so they can pull a Bueller or a Kershaw after five or six, and they can come back to them maybe later in the series. So I'm gonna go Dodgers in five. So that's the National League with the Dodgers going on to face the Braves, and I'll go right to my championship prediction with the Dodgers versus the Braves. So I kind of hyped up the Braves a lot, and their top two pitcher, top two pitchers along with their offense, but I do think it's the Dodgers' year, really, because it's the Dodgers' year, at least to win the National League pennant, because for all along, they had the best record in the National League. They really just dominated that whole, you know, all all the teams they played against. I, I just, the Braves, they're, you really gotta expect Ian Anderson free to just keep going and having these standout performances. I think they can do it against the Marlins. Will they do it against the Dodgers? That's not a certain. And if they, and that's a seven-game series as well, so you're going to have to use your four and five, your three and four starters in the in that series. And the drop off after Ian Anderson for the Braves is pretty stark when you go to Kyle Wright, and the bullpen for the Braves is nothing to really. Admire. Uh, Melanson's the closure, but Will Smith, um they Dar- I don't know if Darren O'Day. It's not a super impressive squad. The Dodgers have Blake Trine and Kenley Jansen, and of course they have like a ton of Alex Wood they can go to. They just have a much more complete team. Uh, I think the offense. I think the Braves might actually even outscore them. I. It's it's a very close series, and I'll say it, it goes to seven. But the Dodgers win the pen, win the win the pennant. Alright, so that's my National League picture. Going on to the American League, I have the Rays over the Yankees in five games. And now I'll discuss. And I'm actually surprised that Matt had the was talking up the Rays so highly and had them to the world go to the World Series actually. Um and I I agree with that assessment. I really am high on their pitching staff. I think people are sleeping on Charlie Morton because he's had incredible playoff success in the past coming out of the bullpen with the Astros. Um, he just is made for October with his high, with his well, high fastball velocity and his high spin rate with his curveball. Blake Sme- Blake Snell, <laughs> Blake Snell is back to being an elite pitcher. Tyler Glass now had a rough start to his 2020, but it turned it around and it's a strikeout machine. Their pulp band is fantastic. Nick Anderson, great last year, had an injury, a little bit of an injury this year, but it's come back and finished the season strong. Diego Castillo, Chaz Rowe. Um their lineup is made up of kinda not cast offs, but nothing they're they're flawed they're flawed players, but they're still they bring enough to the table. Um Brendan Lau has been the Brendan Lau and William Adamas have stepped up to be pretty key contributors on the offense. Um, and the Rays just fine guys to score runs. They look at they look at um, average exit like velo off the bat, and that's a Yandy Diaz. That's that's just one of his specialties. So he bats clean up a ton. Austin Meadows, I feel like is due for a bit of a breakout. Um, they play really good. They play really good defense. So I I I, I don't know. I'm just high in them. They score enough runs. They've beaten the Yankees enough in the regular season this year. I believe they, they they played the Yankees 10 times. I think the it was 8-2 in favor of the Rays over the Yankees. And let's talk about the Yankees, and let's talk about why I think the Yankees are bound to get out in this round. Uh, and I'm kind of high in the Yankees, because the Yankees, to me, are just a good playoff team. They have intangibles, the, the clutch factor. They have guys like Dijl and LeMahieu, and they have... Guys like Luke Voigt, that's him that has come up in the clutch. But, I don't know, their bats showed up last series against against the Indians, but I think they really were saved by winning that series in two games and not having to go to j Happ in game three. Because even in game two, Tanaka did not impress anybody. He, he gave a baton around early. I mean, rain delay or not, he didn't have a good outing. So, you really have to bank on Garrett Call being flawless to do well. And again... Even a, you know, a game a best of five. So I think the 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 Rays rotation runs deeper, and I think just the stuff of the Rays pitching staff is is going to be enough to really quiet the Yankee bats. The Indians pitching staff, I mean, they 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 knocked around Shane Beaver, so who knows? Anything can happen in October. But a lot of the Yankees offense last series was you know bound by the home run, so. I guess we'll see how sustainable that is. Uh, I think another interesting aspect of this series is kind of the ble- the bad blood going into it with um, Chapman throwing behind uh, hitter, Mike Bristow's head during the season and getting suspended but not actually getting suspension, suspend, suspended, appealing it and having the, the suspension carry over to next season. So these teams just don't like each other. So I, I like having an actual, you know, the games matter, of course, but having a rather a rivalry attached to it and two te- two teams that generally just don't like each other i think it's going to push the quality of play to even you know greater heights um i'll say the Raiders in 5 uh, my last divisional series prediction is the astros in the a's and um, it's another one where i went back and forth i was pretty i don't know i didn't really have many much expectations going into this playoffs for for the astros and that's because they're Core of hitters were not impressive during the regular season. You know, many citing that, oh, they don't know what the signs are, so obviously their offensive stats have declined. But I I don't buy that a ton. I'm sure it helps. I'm sure it did boost their stats in some way. But to say that they're just going to be, you know, be as bad as they were during the 2020 regular season, I think it's just way, you know, it's overkill. So... George Springer had some really timely hits against the Twins. Again, the Twins can't win a playoff series or even a playoff game to save their life. So, I mean, yeah, being the being the Twins in the first round is nothing too impressive, but I think what caught my eye was the Astros pitching staff and how really in the absence of Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole, they've had guys, obviously Zach Reinke was a big trade last year, having multiple years of control afterwards, but... Guys like Framber Valdez, guys like Christian Javier, who have given them length and solid innings out of the bullpen, kind of piggybacking the starters. Um, Lance McCullers gets the ball game one of the division series. He didn't get a chance to pitch game, th- game three against the Twins. But, oh, who pitched game two? Oh, uh, Jose Urquidy, he, he pitched game two, and he was pretty solid. So, yeah, Jose Urquidy, Lance McCullers had a solid 2020. We'll see what he does in the playoffs. He has pretty, a pretty good track record. And, you know, Zach Ranke, I trust, you know, he's one of the few true aces in baseball. So I'm counting on the veteran experience of the Astros. I'm counting on guys like Correa, Alex Bregman, Jose Altuve having some sort of uptick in performance. Um, I don't think you can base their, you know, their struggles purely based on sign stealing. I think it's kind of been a weird season in general. And I'm having them over the A's in four games. And it's really because I'm not super high on the A's right now. Because Matt Chapman, to me, was a huge loss. And Jake Lamb, I think he's now the third baseman in the interim. And he just can't replace what Chapman does, obviously, on the defensive end. But also being the right-handed slugger hitting behind Matt Olsen. And they are really relying on, I mean, Marcus Stammey and his crash back to earth. He was a 9-win a player last year and now... You know, he's going into his free agency on a bummer of a season. Uh, Tommy Listelle's is a nice guy. They got the deadline at the top of the order. But, again, the rotation, uh, Sean Maniah, Jesus Lizardo, Chris Bassett. I think, if anything, that you, you're going to go with the A's based on their bullpen. So, I say the A's squeak out a win in the series, but, I mean, the Astros. I just think the guys that... You know, they're expected to be the Tuves, the Bregmans. They're going to break out in some sense against a weak A's starting rotation. And they can score early in the game, hopefully before the bullpen gets in. And the Astros can leverage, you know, Javier and Valdez in what way they want to to get the ball to Ryan Presley in the 8th or ninth inning. So... I have the Astros moving on, which means I have the Astros and the Rays in my championship series. Um, I don't love them as much in a best of seven because you're asking Granky to put a lot of, you know, he's a lot of innings, uh, a lot of innings pitched. In general, you're asking him to do a lot in a seven-game series. Uh, I just like the Rays better. I think the Rays. This is their year. They, the Yankees, you know, they start out well opening day against the Nationals, but the Rays have been there the entire season. They won the American League for the first time since 2008 when they went to the World Series and lost, and I'm predicting a similar trajectory for them this year. They won the division, I have them going to the World Series. I just think they have a nice blend of young players that can play multiple positions, they play really good defense, Kevin Kiermeyer in center field's a game changer, uh, their bullpen spectacular. And I think their starting rotation is, you know, it was a bit of a disappointment last year. Uh, Blake Snell didn't pitch to his 2018 Cy Young Awards standards, but I think they're back. I think they're going to be extra amped up after beating the Yankees in the division series to go all the way. And I have them getting past the Astros. I just have the pitching staff shutting down Altuve Bregman in the way that the A's can. So that's my reasoning for the Rays going over the Yankees and then the Astros, and then why I had the Astros over the A's. So that leaves us my World Series prediction. So I have the Rays against the Dodgers. Um, And it's going to be another killer if the Dodgers go to another best of seven and lose in the World Series, uh, especially after the Astros and the Red Sox World Series are, I guess, a little bit tainted, more so the Astros, but... I am going to go with the Rays to win the World Series. Remarkably, right? Um, I just think it just... If, if anything is 2020 has taught us is that, expect the unexpected. So, I'm going to go between the heavyweight Dodgers and the scrappy, kind of Moneyball-esque Rays, and the analytical-based Rays. Uh, I, I also am rooting for the underdog. I don't want... There's a few underdogs in this playoff bracket as it is. And it's kind of weird to call the Rays an underdog when they won the AL East. And it been a pretty solid year in general for the past five ten years. But I think it'd be really cool if they get past the Yankees. I'm not expecting the Marlins or the Padres to get super far. So the Rays would be my de facto underdog. Um, I just think that the Dodgers' real main strength is the versatility and the depth of their lineup. And I think that really is negated a bit by the Rays' pitching staff. And then the question is, are the Rays going to score enough runs against the Dodgers? And I think they can. I really think that Brendan Lau and Mike Brousseau and Hunter Renfro can, who is a right-handed hitter, they have to use their right-handed hitters against a pretty lefty, heavy staff. But I'll say that series goes seven games. Because I think it's going to be really gritty. I think the Dodgers can take them to the limit, but in the end, I think the Rays just—I think the Rays just kind of—they st- steal one from underneath the Dodgers again, and we'll have to wait another another year for the Dodgers and Kershaw to finally get that elusive ring. And I think it'd be cool for Tampa Bay. They've been there have been talks of them moving out of the Tropicana out of the, out of the trop. And I think a World Series would just drive a lot of fans and a lot of interest towards the product. You know, consistently the Rays have the lowest attendance in baseball. Um, their facilities are pretty gross. They're, no one goes to their games. They don't have a good TV deal. Oh, and I think a World Series, because their actual baseball operations staff and player development is very strong. So I'm going to go with the Rays. And that'd be kind of cool, too, because Andrew Freeman, the... President of Baseball Ops for the Dodgers actually originated from the Rays, and he, defa- he defected, uh, you know, five whatever years ago. And the Rays have been strong. They just find, are just, they're just the cutting edge of Baseball Ops, and they find guys to, you know, find ways to win baseball games. So I'm going to say the Rays, so the, yeah, to recap, like Matt did. So I also have the Rays going to the World Series. As Matt did. And I have them winning the whole thing. I have them beating the Dodgers. I have the to get there. The Rays beat the Astros. That means that the Astros went over the A's. And the Rays went over the Yankees. In the National League, I have the Dodgers winning the pennant. I have them beating the Braves to get there. And the Braves, you know, beating the Marlins in the, the, the Divisional Series. And, of course, um, the Dodgers beating the Padres in the Divisional Series. So those are my picks. Um, I believe that they're rational picks. I'm not so, I mean, I would love to see the Marlins make a run and just have a total, you know, cluster of a playoff. But I think if 19 out of the, you know, any underdogs are going to do, it's going to be the race. So that's my picks. I'll throw it over to Logan for his picks.
2: Hey, guys, this is Logan here. And uh, here's some of my takes on the rest of the MLB playoffs and what has already happened. So just to recap what happened last week, in my last podcast with the boys, I discussed about how I think that clutch hitting is going to be the deciding factor in these playoffs. And I'm happy to report, I completely nailed the assessment. Nobody's done it better than I have. Really, it's the biggest deciding factor already we could clearly see, starting with the Yankees. They win this series 2-0, and they score 20-plus runs in total, especially when it mattered, taking a lead in the eighth inning in the final game of that series in Game 2. Incredible hitting. Cleveland scored a bunch of runs as well, but they didn't get the hits when it mattered, and they couldn't get the stops. Now, Brendan had previously stated that pitching was going to get these teams to the end, citing the Reds as his favorite. He said... He really likes the Reds. He really likes Tampa. Tampa moved on in easy fashion, which I'll get to. The Reds got bounced in the first round. Not only did they lose, they didn't even score a single run, right? They scored zero runs in two games and spoiled an incredible start by Trevor Bauer. So when you look at that, you got to be asking yourself, what, what were they missing? Well, I'll tell you, they missed hits. And not only just hits, they also had three guys on base in three separate innings in extra innings alone in game one and did not score a run in any of them. So when you talk about getting the clutch hit, the Reds really missed out. And that's why they're not here right now. But moving on, we'll just talk about what I see going on for the rest of the playoffs and who I think is going to come out of it. We'll start with the ALDS. Um, We'll start with the number one seed. So the Tampa Bay Rays swept the Blue Jays in round one. And they will face the Yankees, who also swept, in this case, Cleveland. As a Yankee fan, this is a nightmare, right? We said at the beginning of the playoffs that the Yankees' biggest fear would be to play the team with the best pitching, Cleveland, or the team with just the best team that we've been terrible against all year in the Rays. So far, so good. If I'm the Yankees, I have to be worried by the pitching, specifically in games three and four. I feel really good about Garrett Cole. I don't care who Tampa throws out there game one, even though now has pitched incredibly well against the Yankees against Cole twice already this year. I like the Yankees in game one. Game two with Tanaka, love it. Game three, game four, this is where Tampa might take the series. I think for the Yankees to move on, It's an absolute must they win game one. And it's a damn close to a must that they win game two. I think the Rays will have a tie 2-2 going into game five. Give me Cole over anyone. I take the Yankees in five games. This may seem surprising, maybe even a little bit biased, given that I, you know, am a Yankee fan. But I really don't see Tampa beating Garrett Cole in the playoffs more than once. And I'll take their chances that they won't win at all. So I'll take Garrett Cole in game one and five. Two, three, four. The Yankees need to win one out of three. I think it's very possible. I don't think it happens often. I think the Yankees probably lose a combination of games two, three, and four. But I really feel confident that they win game one. And that should buy them enough time to get to Cole again. And that's going to be the key throughout the whole playoffs, which I'll keep reiterating. Garrett Cole is a constant. And when he pitches... The Yankees have to win. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. It has to happen. They have next to no chance without him. And we've seen that in the past with our struggles against the Astros, where we just need that one guy to have that one start, no matter who it is. I'll take the Yankees in five. Moving on to the second ALDS, we're at Houston, who, no surprise, swept the Twins because they literally can't win in the playoffs. They get lucky. I'm not going to say they're lucky for playing the three seed. I'm going to say they're lucky for playing a team that's allergic to winning in the playoffs. Carlos Correa just put a huge X on their back more than they already had by saying, quote, what are they going to say now when, you know, presumably they win? I don't, I'm not hearing it. This is a, this is a match between Oakland and Houston. Oakland just beat a really scary White Sox team. They hit their way through. Their pitching was great Give me Oakland here. I, I really don't like Houston here. I, I don't see how their pitching is going to hold up. Not that Oakland's pitching is going to, you know, burn down the playoffs, but let's not mistake Minaya for what he isn't. He's definitely their guy. He's their guy. They have Bassett. If they can get anything out of Montas, he's certainly got the talent. Lazardo coming out of the bullpen, you got to love that. I mean, I I definitely like—oh, and don't even get me started on Oakland's bullpen— All right, Hendricks himself can carry the team. I definitely like Oakland. I don't know how I feel games wise. I think it might go to five again, and that is a little scary because Houston in a game five just kind of doesn't feel like a winnable scenario for Oakland. But given that neither team is home, um, home meaning home field advantage, I'm going to take Oakland and I'm going to take them in four. I think they get this done. And I'm excited because whenever a team, a small market team like Oakland succeeds, that's good news for baseball. So to recap, I have the Yankees advancing in five, Oakland advancing in four. Now we'll move over to the NL. We'll start from the top. You have the Dodgers who looked dominant, um, you know, low scoring games, but that's how they play. They'll be facing the upstart san diego padres and this is probably the most or probably the second most exciting matchup so far these two teams faced off 10 times in the regular season they were close and the padres for much of the year were right next to the dodgers for the best record in baseball this is about health for the for the padres here clevenger's banged up the is brain is is banged up all right they're their pitching staff is second to none when healthy, but they're not healthy. And if is not coming back, I don't love it. We've been saying it for I don't even know how many years that the Dodgers have to finally pull through and really set themselves apart. Last year might have been their most disappointing year. It was, I mean, that's pretty. that's pretty heartbreaking the way it ended last year, losing to the eventual champions. In the, uh, in the Nationals. After the Padres end up beating the Cardinals, who, by the way, had an incredible playoff record against the Padres for the past 30 years. The Cardinals were basically the one thing standing between the Padres and actually accomplishing anything. Good for them for beating them. I really want to say that the Padres win this. I really don't believe it happens. I think the Padres may even have... They definitely have the better pitching staff. They may even have... The better personnel on offense, but if you're going to give me who I think is really going to win this game, this series, I really can't see the Padres winning. Something is holding them back. And for me, it's that they barely even skated by in the first round against kind of a cake matchup against the Cardinals who really almost missed the playoffs in truth. I just don't know that the Padres have enough X-factors without Clevenger and possibly without a healthy lamette to do this. So right now I'll have the Dodgers win in five. I honestly don't even know if it'll go to five games. Health is the biggest X-factor for me. But I got the Dodgers winning. I don't see it happening where the Padres have enough juice to make this happen. As disappointing as the Dodgers really have been. Now this is, to me, the most interesting matchup here. Coming up next, we have Miami, who just swept the Cubs, and Atlanta, who I previously mentioned, swept the the uh, the Reds and what was largely embarrassing on the Reds. I noticed that Matt Nadel, you know, one of the other co-hosts here, really is high on the Braves, and I really don't see it. And it's not even that I, like, dislike their roster. I really dislike their pitching, aside from Max Fried, because Max Fried's, a dog I don't see I don't see the hype now, but here's my issue. how lucky are they not to you know not to disgrace the Marlins because as you know, I mentioned last podcast, I find the Marlins to be really interesting. Brendan obviously you know disrespects them as he does, but he's just salty, and Matt's a little optimistic on the Braves. I find this series really to be the closest out of any of them. I could honestly see the Marlins winning this, not because they're the better team, not because they're even better in any facet of the game. They're maybe better coached. I'll maybe give Mattingly that, and I I wonder if he can maybe advance in the playoffs like he should. Neither here nor there. To me, I think the Braves are going to win just because the talent distribution is so much better and the hitting is so much better. I don't know though. I'm not inspired. I'd actually take the Marlins' pitching over the Braves easily. Alcantara definitely. Like I, I don't even, I don't even really value the Braves' pitching at all because it's really quite thin behind Freed. Like they traded for Tommy Malone, thinking that that was going to be a major move for them, because they had nothing else to do, and he's awful. Like I don't see how the Braves are exciting for anyone offensively i get it so i'm gonna pick them which may seem contradicting but i'm gonna pick the braves in five i think this is gonna be a crapshoot, and if the marlins win it i'll take the l for disrespecting them just ever so slightly i just similar to the yankees max Freed game one and five is enough for me i think they'll win one in between they'll win game one and they'll win the fat the, the the last game with Freed. Give me Atlanta in Game 5, but I'm saying it right now, Atlanta fans, you better count your blessings because if you continue to play teams that play horribly, you'll be a very lucky team. And I just have them slated to play the Dodgers. And if the Dodgers successfully get past the Padres, you're in for something, Atlanta. We'll come back to it. On the ALD, on the ALCS side, predicting... Past the, the ALDS and now have the Yankees playing Oakland. This is interesting. This is definitely interesting. Um, if you asked me at the beginning of the year if I thought Oakland would be the two seed, the higher seed than the Yankees, and being the ALCS, I'd say that's a hell of a season and good for them. The Yankees come in here with a chip on their shoulder. Now, this is interesting. I didn't really go into this when I was talking about the ALDS, maybe I should have, the animosity between the Yankees and the and the Tampa Bay Rays is unbelievably charged, right? I mean, this goes back to earlier this year when Chapman allegedly or, I mean, he threw like a 100-mile-per-hour fastball at a Rays' head. I mean, that, that wasn't well-received. I didn't really like Kevin Cash's response. The MLB didn't like anyone's actions. They decided to Wait on any post. Uh, Wait on any suspensions, but there's obviously some really ill feelings towards these two teams. The A's are kind of coming in. No one really respects them, right? I mean, you're they're not they're not the Astros. Certainly, if they are able to get past the Astros, I mean, granted, the Astros-Yankees is the series everyone wants to see. The A's kind of come in as an underdog in themselves, and I think the Yankees coming in as an underdog because they're underseeded. For the Yankees actually to advance for the rest of the playoffs, they would be under-seeded. They would be the underdog, quote-unquote, seeding-wise against all but the Marlins. So the Yankees being an underdog, quote-unquote, kind of fits them. I kind of like where this is. I like the less pressure on, on Boone, who's really making a lot of mistakes already, but we'll get to that. I'm talking in circles because I'm trying to reason. I'm trying to give myself reasons to pick the A's. I just can't, though. I really don't see how the A's beat the Yankees. And for me, it's the hitting. They don't have Chapman. Okay, Olson is as streaky as they come. And actually, Olson is the type of hitter that the Yankees love in the sense that they are the boomer bust, you know, three true outcomes, you know, walk, strikeout, homer. Those guys don't succeed in those big moments as often. The A's don't have enough guys. They have, your Chris Davis's, your Marcus Semyons, who's having a really bad year by his standards, and your Olsens, they don't have that sort of consistent hitting. Even Lorenzen, who's also not having a great year. These guys don't have the consistency, clutch hitting, that the Yankees do. Now, I say this knowing damn well, that the Yankees have been bouncing the playoffs three straight years for not having the clutch hitting, despite clearly having the goods for it. The X factor here for me, aside from being just a clutch hitting in general, more specifically, is none other than DJ LeMahieu, who he himself can carry ungodly amounts of work. Because this guy single-handedly, him and Gio Shella, pretty much took the Yankees on their backs and put them past the Indians. I see that happening again here with Oakland. I just don't see Oakland getting through the Yankees lineup three to four or five times a game and getting enough outs to really make a difference. I think the Yankees win in five. I, maybe I'm selling Oakland short. I mean, their pitching is pretty solid. The Yankees pitching is pretty suspect. I just don't see it. I'll even go as far to say this. I think the the... The Oakland A's getting really unlucky here is unfortunate. No matter who they play, I don't see it for them. If they play Tampa, I'm pretty confident Tampa wins and gets to the World Series if they play Oakland. And I would say the same thing about the Yankees. In the odd events that Houston wins, that would be interesting. And, you know, I don't predict this to happen, but that would give Yankee fans. A, a real shot of an adrenaline just to see what happens between the Yankees. Presumably, if the Yankees make it, Yankees-Astros. I don't know who wins that. I'd love to say the Yankees pull through this time. I'll even go as far as say they would. But I'll be honest, I'd rather play the higher seed A's and just avoid the whole thing. Maybe I'm copping out. Maybe I just don't want to see my team lose to the Astros again. Take it from the Twins. It can't feel good. So, right now I have Yankees over A's in the World Series. Now I'm going to go over back to the NLCS. We have the Dodgers and the Braves. This is one versus two, but this is a weird one versus two because, like I said, the Braves don't scare me. And really, the Padres are the second scariest team on this bracket, especially with everyone eliminated. I don't see the Dodgers losing this now they've made a career out of losing games that I think they should win I mean the fact that the Dodgers haven't won a ring in over 30 years I and mean, someone check my math it's been way too long and they've made it plenty of times it's pretty indicative of their success in the playoffs I'm going to go as far to say they make it back to the World Series they've done it a lot in the past 10 years I think they beat the Braves in five. Again, I don't see it for the Braves. I don't see how you're going to get through Mookie Betts, hopefully a reinvigorated Bellinger. I mean, you got to think Bellinger does something right. I mean, he's pretty, pretty bad right now. Um, and I'm really, really hoping that Kershaw is the Kershaw we know and love, like he has been all year, and he's not the playoff Kershaw who has a 4.4 career ERA, which is for a record, not bad just in a hundred plus innings that he's had that would make kershaw a really average or below average playoff pitcher here's to hoping this is the year that he's not and that he continues his success and um i don't know between walker bueller and him i think that's all they need i really in a seven game series you get at least i mean there's no off days that's also clear that up so it's seven straight games here You're getting Kershaw and Bueller, probably twice each. And if they're able to win even one of the other games in which one of those two guys are not pitching, so Gonsolin or Dustin May, both of which are having great years, Dodgers should breeze through because I don't see the the Braves winning. Give me the the Dodgers in five and set up an absolute juggernaut series of Yankees-Dodgers. Now, again... I realize how this sounds. I just predicted the two highest paid teams in, in, in baseball. I just predicted the two most famous teams in baseball to square off. And I'll be honest, I've probably predicted this to be the World Series probably like three years in a row. I mean, since probably 2018, 19, 20, this is probably the third year in a row I'm doing this. Hasn't happened yet. This is the year. This is the year. If the Yankees can get past Tampa, I think they get past anyone. If the Dodgers get past San Diego, they get past anyone. These are the two series that you have to look to as a fan and say, you know, even just the ALDS, Tampa Yankees, Dodgers, San Diego. This is where the World Series is going to be won. I'll again, I'll go as far to say the winner of these series, these NLDS and ALDS series, will make it to the World Series because that bottom half of the bracket, the Houston A's. Houston versus A's and Marlins versus Atlanta. I don't like it. So Yankees, Dodgers. Weird. I'm gonna do this. This is weird coming out of my mouth. I think the Dodgers do it. I don't know why. I just shoot me for being optimistic on the Dodgers. I've probably said this a million times, but if this is not the Dodgers year. I genuinely don't know what is. Like, if they're able to get to this point, I'm predicting them to get to this point. If they get this far, their pitching is better. They're one of the only teams that could honestly convince themselves that their offense is on par, if not better, right? I, 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 if if Judge and Stanton are clicking and if Gary does anything, I'll take the Yankees' offense. But it's close, and the bullpens are, are close, you know? This might be the Dodgers' year. I say seven games. I don't see this ending soon. Like, this will not be a four or five game series. This kind of doesn't feel like a six game series either. To me, whatever team goes up 3 2, this is way too neck and neck. Kind of reminds me of Houston versus Yankees, where it was, you kind of had a feeling that, like, whatever team won the next, the, you know, the, team then the game later the other team would catch up you know it started 2-0 then it was and then it was 2-2 then it was 3-2 then it was 3-3 kind of predict something similar here I I think Garrett Cole would win whatever start he pitches just by the way the matchups work out whichever one pitches against Garrett Cole will lose between Walker and Kershaw the other one will beat Tanaka you're already at 2-2 now the rest is a toss-up right I don't know I think the Dodgers have the better rotation, and I think the clutch hitting could could keep them close. I'll take the Dodgers in seven games. I'll probably be kicking myself when this doesn't happen because let's call a spade a spade. Dodgers have not done me well in the past, and here's to hoping the Yankees honestly defy the odds as the lower seed and win. But uh, that's my predictions. I have Dodgers over Yankees, pretty different from... The uh, from my co co hosts here, um, you know Brendan has raised over Dodgers in seven, kind of more along the lines of what I'm saying. Nadel has raised losing to the Braves. Weird. I mean I don't agree, but uh, that's what makes horse racing am I right, guys. So that's where I'm at. Um, thank you for watching baseball for breakfast, your weekly serving of dingers and zingers. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter. All right, keep up with the content. We're going to be posting stuff on social media. Of course, we'll continue posting on all of your platforms, whether it's Spotify, Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, whatever they call it these days. We'll be there. Tune in. Thanks for listening, guys.